Good morning, everyone. I hope this uh, message finds you doing well. Uh, good morning to all of our Harvest family that's probably sitting in your living rooms and still in your pajamas and drinking coffee. I hope you uh, are enjoying this. But I tell you guys, I am looking forward to the time when we are back together. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I miss all of you so much. And um, so we're going to uh, just continue this week looking in um, to our subject of unity. Um, there are several things that I want you to hang around to the end of uh, the message today. We have a lot of good announcements and some things that's coming up, so please just hang around and stay with us, and uh, we'll uh, get there together. But I, I know I've been talking about unity over the last few weeks, and, and most of you know me by now. You know uh, Facebook is really what spurned all this, and, and this uh, COVID-19 uh, crisis that we're in right now, and, and, and it has a lot of people in fear. Uh, and I want to tell you something. Uh, I was walking out of my office the other night about eight or nine o'clock, and the rain was just softly falling, and it was just a sprinkle. And uh, I heard the Lord say to me, he says, get ready, because as this rain is refreshing this ground, so I am bringing a refreshing to my people. And I just want to share that first off with you. Get ready to be refreshed. God may be just hitting a reboot with us and just getting ready to launch us into something greater than we have ever seen uh, as the immediate uh, body of Christ. Um, but, you know, I, I've been seeing some of the things and people that were talking about others' faith and doing these types of things. Um, and it got me thinking... If we really want to see the body of Christ succeed in awakening the world to the salvation that is already theirs, they have to see us be willing to treat them better than they can be treated anywhere else. And I think for so many times, the church has not done that. Uh, I think we are so ready to uh, eat our own. We're so ready to judge our own and to decide, all right, this is us, and this is me, and this is my theology, and everybody else is wrong, and I won't associate with anybody else. And, and I've said this every week, and I'll continue to say it until we're done with this. Folks, we're better. We're, we're, we are one. We are one body. Um, I, I thought this week I saw a, um, a peanut strip uh, a, a, a while back and if you remember the, uh, the characters, Lucy and Linus, well, this one uh, went around Lucy and Linus, and uh, Lucy walks into the room, and Linus is sitting watching television, and, and Lucy demands, being her Lucy self, demands that he change the channel on the TV, and she threatens him with her fist that if he doesn't. And Linus asks her, he says, what makes you think you can walk right in here and take over? And she said, these five fingers, individually, they're nothing. But when I curl them together like this, and they become a single unit, they form a weapon that is terrible to behold. All of a sudden, Linus looks at her and says, what channel do you want? And he changes the channel, and as he's walking away, he looks down at his hands and says, why can't you guys get organized like that? 
You know, and I thought about that. That is what I would love to see as the body of Christ. As, as individual churches, as individual gathering places, as, as home groups gather and as church gathers. And, and as, you know, we, when, we decide to, when they decided it's good enough for us to all come back together. I would love to see all of us become organized to the point because I believe that if the church would become that organized, it would be a terrible weapon to behold. And, and imagine a single unit, and I believe that there is a cry that is going out for unity today in, in, in the body of Christ that is stronger than ever before. I believe that God is, is using this time to say, okay, it's time to come outside of your walls. It's time to come outside of the places where you gather. We'll always need gathering places because we need that community. We need that unity and, and that togetherness. But I believe there's a time when we decide, you know what, it's no longer our church and their church and this church, but it is one. And we come together and, and we, we begin to sweep the world with the glorious love of the gospel of Christ so that they can experience what this blessing is. Um, I want to go back to our, our regular text that we've read every week. In Psalms 133, verses 1 through 3, of course it's only three verses, uh, I'm reading now the Passion Translation. It says, How truly wonderful and delightful to see brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity. And I know a lot of times pastors use this to, to talk about unity in the church. And today, I'm talking about unity globally. Unity globally and recognizing the global body of Christ. Uh, verse 2, he says, It is a precious and sacred scented oil flowing from the head of the high priest Aaron, dripping down upon his beard and running all the way down to the hem of his priestly robes. And verse 3, And this heavenly harmony can be compared to the dew dripping down from the skies upon Mount Hermon, refreshing the mountain slopes of Israel. For in the, Now listen to this. In this sweet realm of harmony... God will release his eternal blessing, the promise of life forever. So God releases his blessing from a place of harmony and unity. So I wonder if we can say, if we can't become unified, if we can't become harmonized, how much are we actually not enjoying that God has for us? Um, the word unity stands out so much. It means the state of being one. It is a thing undivided itself, but separate from every other thing. See, this is what unity is, and this is what unity in our global body of Christ is all about. It's when we decide we're going to be one. It doesn't matter about our theological differences. It doesn't matter about, well, they believe this and we don't believe that. We've used those things to divide the body of Christ long enough. It doesn't matter if somebody believes the exact way that we do. And it doesn't matter if somebody sees everything the exact way that we do. What we do have in common is this great and glorious grace of God that wants to Oh, and has really overtaken the world and this glory, the Bible says the earth is filled with his glory that, that it just comes together and we begin to see people walk together and all of a sudden then those who are still yet to receive the, the, uh, to accept 
that God has already brought them into himself until they begin to see us enjoying our unity together. Maybe they won't want it, but when they see it and they see us enjoying, well, they don't see everything the same and they don't agree, but man, they still love each other. Man, they're not putting each other down. They're not trying to find the dividing line. They're not trying to draw lines in the sand. It's no longer us versus that. And, and we, folks, we've got to realize we're the body of Christ. We're not in competition with each other. And so I began to think about this over this week. And uh, one set of scriptures just came to my mind. And, and, and I'm going to do something here at the end. Um, but I want us to examine for a few minutes 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Oh, excuse me. First Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. And I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. He says, just as the human body is one, though it has many parts that together form one body. And though it has many parts, it still fills one body. Now, the next words, so is Christ. So just as the human body has fingers and toes and kneecaps and carpillaries and tendons and ligaments and all that, but it forms one body, God says, so is Christ. So is it, and we'll see in these scriptures, so is the whole body, global body of Christ in general. We all have different parts. We all serve different functions. We'll all reach different people, but we have to come together and realize we're in this thing together. We're in this thing together with the entire race of humanity. We're in this thing together. God has already brought the world into himself and reconciled it. Our job is to take the blinders off because the enemy says that the God of this world has blinded them to what has already happened to them. So our job is to show them this grace and this glory of God so that their eyes are open. Now we're all going to do it differently. Some may do it this way, some may do it that way, some may not believe in this part, and some may not believe in that part, but we've got to understand we're still the same body. Verse 13, for by one spirit we all were immersed and mingled into one single body. So we're all one body by the same spirit of God, whether it's Baptist, Presbyterian, uh, Charismatics, Pentecostals, Methodists, it doesn't matter. We've all received that one spirit and we've all been baptized into one body. We're one body, folks. We got to stop acting disjointed. Uh, this stuff excites me. And no matter our status, whether we're Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. So we're all drinking of the same Holy Spirit. I don't have a different Holy Spirit than someone of a different denomination has. We have the same Holy Spirit and we all drink from it deeply. Verse 14, in fact, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. So Paul's saying, look, the way your body has many parts is the same way the body of Christ has. And it doesn't matter if they're Jews or non-Jews. In other words, their belief systems didn't, didn't matter. Whether they believed it the same way didn't matter. What mattered was they, we all drank from the Spirit of God. Oh, woo, yeah. We all drank from the Spirit of God. And, it, and, and we all, 
just like your body, you're not an appendage, a single appendage. You're not a single cell. You're not a single organ. But it takes all your cells, all your appendages, all your organs, all your atoms come together to make you, and they all function differently. Well, it's the same way with God's church. And so we're made up of many parts. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 20. I'm looking at verse 24. I'm reading this out of the mirror translation today. Francois Dutois's uh, mirror translation. Um, if you haven't got it, add it to your collection. But from the mirror, Francois said, puts it this way. He said, let us also think, in verse 24, Hebrews 10, verse 24. Let us also think of creative ways by which we can influence one another to find inspired expression in doing things that benefit others. Man, if there's ever a time that we need to inspire each other to do things that benefit others, it's this time right now. Where everybody is dealing with fear and everybody's dealing with anxiety, we don't have time to worry about who believes what. We don't have time to worry about who's received what. Uh, I I, I saw a thing on on Facebook again this morning, not this morning, but this past week of somebody talking about listening to someone pray and, and when they don't agree with their theology, how they made this big crunched up uh, face. We, we got to get past that. We got to get, the non-religious people have become religious in their non-religion. And, <laughs> okay. Sometimes you just got to drop things and go. He said, let us also think of creative ways by which we can influence one another to find inspired expression in doing things that benefits us. That's what we're looking for. People who will come together and say, I, I, I know what lane I'm working in and I know what lane you're working in. How can I help you fulfill your vision and how can you help me fulfill my vision? Hopefully we can come together and we're all doing something for the benefit of others. He goes on in verse 24. He says, good actions... Give voice and volume to the love of God. And I love this translation of this verse. Good actions give, volume, give voice and volume to the love of God. So what are we doing? We're inspiring each other. Hopefully, we'll be inspiring each other to do good works and to say, hey, look, I don't know. if We can't help you in that, but I know this church over here. Yeah, but that church doesn't believe like you. I don't care what they believe, but they know how to help you. And we're inspiring each other to do good things for the benefits of others. Folks, mm. verse 25. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just says, don't drop that yet. (laughs) Verse 25, in light of our free access to the Father, let us extend that embrace to one another. So we have free access to the Father. That means we should be free access to each other. Let us extend that embrace to one another. Now, I I love this, what he says about the church gathering. You know, King James says, and forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Uh, But I love how he he, he does this in the mirror. He says, our gatherings are no longer a repetition of tradition. I love that. Our gatherings are no longer a repetition of tradition, but an essential fellowship where we remind one another of our true identity. Where we remind, see, this is why we gather. 
you know, why? I've heard these messages for years. Uh, I believe it was Martin Luther who said, you know, we need to hear the gospel every day because we forget it about ourselves every day. You know, and so we need to remind ourselves, and that's what our gathering should be, a time where we just begin to remind each other. And, uh, uh, and it's essential fellowship where we remind each other, <coughs> one another, of our true identity. He goes on to say, and let us do so with greater urgency now that the day is dawned in our understanding. King James says, as we see the day approaching. Now that we understand and we see that that has happened, let us go forth and inspire each other. And, and, and I pray, at least for myself and, and for Harvest Christian Fellowship, that's what I want us to be. I want us to be a place that inspires others to do good works. To, to, to do good things for the benefit of others. That's why we exist. And when we come together, it is a time of just sharpening each other. You know, because iron sharpens iron. You know, and it's a time where we inspire each other and we encourage each other. We remind ourselves, no, you're not some just low life whatever. You are a son and a daughter of the king and he chose you and brought you into his life. It's funny how we think that we accept God into our life when he really accepted us into his. And you are accepted into his life and he brought you in. That's why we gather is to encourage each other to do that and then go out and do things for the benefit of others. I don't know about you, but this excites me. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, too often, folks, we get hung up on what we're doing and what we're going through, that we don't take time to minister to the needs of others. And that's what he's telling us there in, Paul, in, in Hebrews, minister to the needs of others. Well, you're not going to do it the same way I do it. And this church is not going to do it the same as this church. But we need to do something to minister to the needs of others and not get so self-caught up in our numbers and our bank accounts and all these other things. You know, I heard someone say, I would rather do something, give me five people who will do something for God than 5,000 who won't. You know, let's inspire, how about we just inspire the 5,000? Hey, let's go change the world with the love and the grace of God. And, and, and so what we do is we, we take others' parts of the body and, and, I, and I feel like churches do this sometimes. We take other parts of the body and we take them for granted. And we don't value. Let me tell you something. You probably are not thinking of your big toe right now. Well, now you probably are. But I guarantee you, if you get up tonight and somebody leaves something in the floor or moves your coffee table just a few inches one way and that leg of that chair catches your big toe, you'll, your whole body will be very aware of your big toe. It's the same way with us. Sometimes we don't value something. And so with that, we tend to neglect and ignore its, its, its value or its place in the body. Well, they don't believe like this, so I can't associate with them, or they don't think like this. So that's just devaluing part of your body. It's just like you say, well, I don't need my big toe. Who, who cares about a big toe? And so what happens is we don't consider others' opinions. We don't consider their beliefs uh, are important or they're right. And so what we do is we give them labels. We call them names. Uh, we demean their teachings. I, I hope I'm preaching to somebody today. 
We demean their teachings. We belittle their faith. Folks, we're better than this. And I'm convinced if we learn to overlook these little differences, then we will, and, and if, we, if we will learn to give up our need to be right, and we value the person over their theology, we can be a huge weapon in removing the blinders off the eyes of those who have yet to awaken to this salvation. Now let's jump back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15. And I'm going to read this out of the mirror, uh, verses 15 and six, 15, 16, and uh, to actually 15 to 20. I'm going to read out of the mirror translation. He says, the different members co-complement each other. So the other churches that are around and the other ministries and, and even the members of my personal body of Harvest Christian Fellowship that are here, we co-complement each other. So many times we fall into this, this competition with each other and we're really not in competition. I love what he says here in the mirror. We co-complement each other. The hand is not more valid member of the body than the foot. How silly it would be for the foot to feel inferior to the hand simply because it does not look the same. Oh my goodness. How silly it would be for the foot to feel inferior to the hand simply because it does not look the same. They fulfill completely different roles. And folks, that's what we have with our churches. They fulfill completely different roles. And that's what we have with the ministries in the church. They fulfill completely different roles. That's not one is better than the other. And there's no competition. And I think we've made it that way. He goes on to say, they fulfill completely different roles, but are equally part of the same body. Should the ear say, because I am not the eye, I am not part of the same body? Does that mean that the ear is right? I mean, verse 17. If the body was, was just one huge eye, then everything would be silent. And if it was all ears, then how could it smell the fragrance of the flowers? God engineered every individual part of the body according to its deliberate design. What if we said every part of the body and all the other churches and all the individual people that's in the, in, in the house, what if we say God designed them to fulfill a specific need and we, have, and we need them for the body of Christ to be whole? Whether they believe just like me or not, whether they think just like me or not, whether they accept the things that I accept as I read the word or not, but I still need them. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Verse 19, our individual significance only finds context in relationship to others. I believe that is one of the most powerful statements I've ever read. Our individual, this is verse 19, our individual significance only finds context, context in relationship to others. So maybe our feelings of insignificance come on us when we're out of relationship with others. Something to think about. Verse 20, 
the sum total of the members equals one body. And that's true for our individual churches. That's true for our sister churches that surround us. That's true for where you, wherever you're at and wherever you're watching today. Our, the sum total of the members equal one body. We're not a bunch of different bodies. We might meet in different buildings and we might do different things. We may function in different ways, but we are one body. And just because we don't see it doesn't mean that we're separated. Every place has its own job. And my job is to encourage you to do what you're called to do. In this, in this house, an individual, if you're part of Harvest, do what you're called to do. Be who you're called to be. And we'll, I, I'm going to push you in every way that I possibly can to see you succeed. And if it fails, eh, so what? We won't go wrong in trying it. Galatians chapter 6, Galatians chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, and I'm reading these out of the message translation. Out of the message, Galatians Galatians 6, 4 and 5, I love what he says in verse 4. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself and don't compare yourself with others. And I think that's where we fall into it. Individually in the house, corporately as, as churches and individually as different denominations and things like that. I think we try to compare ourselves with each other. And when we compare, com- comparison leads to competition. And folks, we're not in competition with each other. Comparison always leads to competition. And I love what he says there. Make exploration of who you are, the work you're called to do, and sink yourself into that. Yeah, but so-and-so's ministry is bigger than mine. Well, you wasn't called to do so-and-so's ministry. You were called to do what God called you to do. And, and sink yourself into that. So many times I've seen pastors get frustrated. Well, my church isn't growing. I've only got X amount of people. Well, then you serve those X amount of people. That's where God's placed you. That's where God's called you. Sink yourself into that and don't compare because when we compare, we run into competition. And God is not happy with that. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, Verse uh, 5 of Galatians 6. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Each of you must take responsibility with doing the creative best you can with your own life. See, what happens, I want to go back to that, when we compare ourselves to others, we fall into competition. And this is what that competition usually looks like. It usually looks like gossip. It usually looks like ridicule. It it looks like... uh, talking about others it usually looks like put downs and uh and this comes from a place where we're trying to compare ourselves to them and we we try to hide it with great concern well I don't know about you but let me tell you about them because I'm just concerned well if you're concerned you'd go to them or you'd go to that place or or you know but it's easier to get everybody on our side folks Figure out your life. Figure out your ministry. Plug in. If you're watching from another church today, plug into your church. 
put your ministry to work because you're part of that body and it needs you. And if you're part of Harvest, we need you. What is your ministry? What is the thing that you're going to do? And, 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 and I, for some reason, everybody thinks ministry is sitting behind a pulpit. I, I'm not going to get off on that. Uh, so we find ourselves falling into this competition comparison thing. And uh, we don't have to do that. We're called to just be us. And just be who God has called us to be. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians. I'm almost done. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verses 21 through 26. And I believe I'm reading out of the mirror here again. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 21 through 26. Said the eye perceives and the hand touches. They do not compete for importance. I'll let that sink in compared to what we just talked about. The eye perceive and the hand touches, but they do not compete for importance. The head will never make the feet feel inferior. Why? Because the head can't get where it wants to go without the feet. Well, what if I'm just a little tiny cell in the body? Then that cell is needed. <coughs> there are no little tiny cells. My mind just went back to a, a Doctor Who statement. There are no ordinary humans. Um, now, anyhow, back to this. The head will never make the feet feel inferior. In the body, there is no sense of, I am positioned higher than you, and therefore I do not need you. And I think that's where, let's, let's go on globally here. I think that's where churches and even denominations and stuff has come in, is I've positioned, I'm positioned higher and therefore I don't need you. We feel like, well, they don't believe like I do, so I have no need for them. No, they're part of our body. And if they're missing, then I'm missing. And if they're hurting, then I'm hurting. Okay, because I'm telling you, stub your big toe in the middle of the night, your whole body knows you've stubbed that toe. Um, <coughs> I am positioned higher in the body. There is no sense of, I am positioned higher than you, and therefore I do not need you. Verse 22, the members are not rated in importance with how visible or how prominent they seem to be. Well, they're not rated in, okay, you can see my face, and so it's not more prominent than my big toe, because you can't see it, it's in my shoe. They're both as, as vital. So the member are not rated in, of importance with how visible and prominent they seem to be. The less visible parts are indispensable. It is impossible for the body to function without them. So it doesn't matter if the church is 12 people or 12,000 people. They're both indispensable to the body of Christ. It doesn't matter if the church meets <coughs> in a hut or meets in, 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 in the largest church in, in a superdome. They're both indispensable to the body. It doesn't matter if it's five or 500, they're both indispensable. And it's time that we as the body of Christ remember they are indispensable. Um, the less visible, I'm in verse 22 still. The less visible parts are indispensable. It is impossible for the body to function without them. Verse 23. Those members that seem to be lesser visible, of lesser 
visible value deserve the greater and more personal care. Those members that seem to be of lesser visible value deserve the greater and more personal care. There is so much more to a person than a pretty face. Verse 24, God so structured the body that every single part is equally valued. The less visible parts are often treated with even greater honor than the more specific parts. Example, your heart and your brain. You don't see them. You can't see them on, on the outside. But how many of us are really glad that those things are working? They have their great honor. Um, the, God's so structured the body that every single part is equally valued. The less visible parts are treated with even greater honor than, and more specific care. Verse 25, because of the delicate interdependence of the various parts of the body, it is natural that no schism can be tolerated. In other words, my ankle cannot wage war against my elbow because I need both parts. There can't be schisms. They can't, the ankles can't just get together and say, let's, let's, let's hang out down here and ignore completely the, the, the collarbone. Because, you know, who really needs the collarbone anyhow? We hold this whole thing together. We make sure they walk. We make sure that, who really needs them? Folks, we need the whole body. And that's what bothers me is when we get into it and we get out here and we see other churches and, 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 and we see this one fight this one and argue and, and because we don't all believe the same and we don't all agree the same, there's schism. God says the body wouldn't tolerate that, so why does his body tolerate that? Uh, <laughs> Instead, I'm still in verse 25, every member considers the other with affectionate care. Verse 26, it is impossible for one part of the body to suffer injury without the rest of the body being immediately alerted to it, i.e. stub your toe. The pain of the one is the pain of the all. So when the church down the road is going through pain, it should pain us all. And when one part, of, one member of the church is in pain, then it should be the pain of us all. That's why he says, laugh with those that laugh, cry with the mourn with those that mourn. The pain of one is the pain of all. In the same way, the complete person is honored. Not just the fingers that skillfully play the harp. Everyone is equally included in the same joy. And folks, that's my message today is, is we need to come together. Not just the individual people of, not just Harvest Christian Fellowship, because I hope HCF that you, you're, you're sharing this message and, and you're sharing these videos that these other churches will know they're not alone. We'll stand with them if they feel like no one else will. But that the bodies are all coming together and that our individual parts are all coming together. Vince Lombardi said this one time. He said there are a lot of coaches with good ball clubs who know the fundamentals and they have plenty of discipline but still don't win the game. He said then you come, there's a third ingredient that has to happen. <coughs> Excuse me. He said 
if you're going to play together as a team, you've got to care for one another. You've got to love one another. Each player has to, has to be thinking about the next guy and saying to himself, if I don't block that man, Paul's going to get his legs broke. I have to do my job well in order for him to do his. He goes on to say, he says, the difference between mediocrity and greatness is the care each player has for the other. The difference between a mediocre body of Christ and the great awesome body of Christ is the care we have for one another in our individual churches, is the care we have for body, for house to house. And so as I was putting this together, guys, there's a few things that I want to do. And if you'll just indulge me for a few more minutes, I want to pray for some folks. Uh, I want to pray for a few churches that I'm uh, pretty intimately associated with here in town. And I got some other folks and God really laid it on me on my heart to pray for these bodies. And so if you'll just indulge me with the, with the prayer and then please hang around because we have some announcements and exciting stuff happening. So Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for who you are and I pray for the individual members of Harvest Christian Fellowship that they will find what you have called them to do and they will sink themselves into that and they will plug those things into Harvest and Harvest will be what it's called to be. Father, I pray for Redeeming Passions Ministries and Pastor Troy Woodmancy. Father, I thank you and I encourage them today and I speak blessings over them today and I declare health and healing over them today. I thank you, Father, for Pastor Troy and Andrea, Father. I thank you because there are churches in Africa that need them. There are churches in Colombia that need them. There is coffee to be delivered and Jesus to be shared in Cambridge, Ohio. And I thank you, Father, that you are touching their lives. Father, I pray for Called to Freedom Fellowship of Pastor Bob and Marsha Hollins. I thank you, Father, that they are needed. Cambridge needs them, Lord. Cambridge needs them. Their members need them. The homeless community of Cambridge, Ohio and surrounding areas need them, Lord, as they set up and do the things that they are called to do. I give, I bless them, Father. I bless their home and I bless their children. I bless their grandchildren, Lord. Father, I pray right now and declare blessing over Unity Presbyterian and Pastor Jeff. Bergeson, Lord, I thank you that, you that he is going to continue to be a voice of grace and a voice of love and a voice of peace in Cambridge, Ohio like nobody else. I thank you that his church is blessed. I thank you that his home is blessed. I thank you that his children are blessed, Lord. Father, I pray for North Salem Church and Pastor John and Barbara Sims, Lord, that you bless them, that he continues to be a spiritual leader at, at, at the pregnancy center, Lord, that you bless them individually, that you bless their grandkids, that you bless their church, that you bless their home. And Father, for the greater area of, uh, of Cambridge, Ohio, for all these individual churches, Father, I, Cambridge needs them. I need them. And I speak blessings over their pastors. I speak health. I speak financial prosperity. I speak over their members that they're strong and they're healthy and they're abundant, Lord. I thank you that you're doing great things. Father, I pray for Heartland Fellowship in Elizabeth and Tennessee with Pastor Marvin and Sarah, Lord, that you just continue to bless them. Elizabeth needs them. The hungry needs that, that ministry. The hungry needs that, that 
that provision that goes out of there every week, Lord, and I thank you that you're just pouring more into them. Pour more into them. Father, I thank you for five and six holding Free Will Baptist Church and Pastor Larry Light and Peggy, that you just continue to bless them, that you pour out into them the things that they need. Father, that they would be the place where love abides. I thank you that you're just bringing people into the body to them, and they are ministering to people there. Father, I pray for New Day Family Worship Center in Logan, West Virginia, and Jeremy and Becky. Father, I, pastors, I thank you that you are blessing them, you're causing them to overcome, that you're causing their church to grow, and that they are who you called them to be in the middle of Monaville, West Virginia, Father. And I pray for Eagle Sanctuary and Bishop Anthony and Denise Hudgens, that you pour out greatness in them, that you open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings so much that they can't contain it. I thank you that their children are blessed, their grandbabies blessed. I thank you that every member that walks through the halls of Eagle Sanctuary fills and are flooded with the intense glory of God. And Father, globally for every little church that's meeting in a hut. Father, I... <laughs> I pray for Lynn Spinks and Yossi right now down in Nicaragua. You've extended their stay, Lord. So I just thank you that you're just blessing them and that they are spreading the love of this glorious gospel to everyone in Nicaragua that they're meeting right now on that island, Lord. <laughs> oh, I thank you that there are two extra volcanoes of glory on that island, Lord. Well, oh, thank you, Jesus. And Father, globally for every hut, for every house, for every church, for all that have called, you have called them to greatness, and we need them all, Lord, because the enemy has blinded people for too long to the salvation that is already theirs. I thank you for it. Uh, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Uh, oh, sorry, guys. You have to give me a second. Whoo. <laughs> we talk about love a lot. And I was given a love hat this week. And that's what it says all over it. Any love, I think is what it says. I don't know. It's, it just says love. And, uh, I said I would put it on for today. And I want to tell you what's going on at Harvest Christian Fellowship. First off, we've had some finances come in this week and others are looking to give. There are several ways to give at Harvest Christian Fellowship. One of the first ones, you can go to hcfcambridge.com and there is a link there on our, our website that says secure giving or online giving. You can click that and it will take you to a secure online giving page and you can do your tithes, offerings, or any gifts that way. Also, there should be something on your screen right about now that has two other ways to give. You can go to bit.ly backslash givehcf. Is that right, Reese? All right. And if you uh, type that into your uh, search bar, and hit enter, it will take you to our online secure giving area. You can give that way. Uh, on the screen, you should see right now also a little QR code. For most of your phones, if you just take a picture of that QR code, it will also take you to our secure online giving page. 
So we encourage you to continue your giving and your support of Harvest Christian Fellowship. Um, it's how we operate everything. It's how we do this. Or you can always mail it in to the church address at 6060 Glen Highway, Cambridge, Ohio. Um, this, the hat came from Harvest House. Let me uh, just brag on Harvest House. Lana is doing a fantastic job with Harvest House as well as Lori and others. Um, Harvest House continues to operate, folks. Um, we're continuing to give. Uh, giving is on an emergent needs uh, appointment base only right now. Um, so you should see the phone number, and hopefully you've seen it throughout this, uh, this um, broadcast. But there should be a number on your, on your uh, screen right now. If you have a need, please contact that number. Uh, we have access to some food and things like that. I know uh, Lana and Shirley have spent a couple days this week going and giving out uh, uh, delivering food. And so we, if you have a need, please don't go without. If you live in this area, contact that number and we will get you some help. Now, with everything going on and, and, and us feeling so separated, I've got two other people in the room with me today. I've got Dee and Reese with me. Uh, sometimes this can be hard on folks. So I want to give us an, another opportunity to join together through the week. Coming on your screen right now is a new live stream that we have starting this Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. Um, Dr. Ted Davis is one of our members here. Um, he is a, a huge um, support to me. I mean, I appreciate him and his wife, Jody. Um, but he's got a word. And so for the next few weeks, he is going to be doing a live stream here on Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock. So you can log on and join us. He's going to be ministering during this, this time of chaos, having confidence in the kingdom. Having confidence in the kingdom. Well, remember, the kingdom of God is also in you. But it's also what we're looking to, uh, to obtain and to enter into. So just remember, uh, this Wednesday at 6 p.m., Ted will be here and he will be teaching this class. So if you see this come up on the church's Facebook, share, share this video this morning. Uh, that way other churches know that we're praying for them and they're not alone and they are essential to us. Um, but share our announcements that are coming up. Again, Harvest House is, is here and working. Now, I want to leave you with one more thing. Because sometimes we feel so separated, this Tuesday, and this won't be on your screen because I've just kind of finalized that this morning. This Tuesday, from 12 p.m. until 2 p.m., Dee and I will be here at the, now I'm in and out all the time, but Dee and I will be here at the church specifically to pray for you. And so what we're going to do is we're going to be at the bypass, not the bypass, the pass-through in front of the front doors. I want to encourage you to come by. Come by and Dee and I, you, all you have to do is roll down your window, tell us what's going on and what you want prayer for, and Dee and I will stand out there. We won't try to reach in and lay hands on you. You know, We're not going to greet, greet each other with the holy kids, but we're just going to pray over you. Sometimes it's just knowing that you can have that prayer. So we will be there. So if you want to drive through, roll down the window and yell at us, we'll keep you at a safe distance. But we just want to declare over you 
and just pray with you and agree with you. And if you have prayer requests, the church's number should come up on the screen uh, right about now. Uh, call that number. We will write down that prayer request, and that day between 12 and 2, Dee and I, we're going to pray over all the requests. We're going to pray for you individually if you want to come. And hopefully when all this is done, we will all be together real soon. But I ask that you join us this Wednesday at 6 for having confidence in the kingdom. And we will see you next uh, Sunday morning at 10 for our next live stream. And again, hopefully, folks, we'll be together soon. Have a great day. And like we say here every week, you are blessed whether you like it or not. So you may as well enjoy it. I love you. I appreciate you. Have a great week.